present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week in Birmingham. The city is still noted to this day for its military engineering excellence and it was Birmingham technicians who were recently commissioned to convert army helicopters to make them operational in severe desert conditions. Great news for our lads out there in Kent and Surrey. (laughs) Down the centuries, Birmingham armament factories have supplied the military hardware used in every conflict from Waterloo to the Battle of Britain. And it was in light of this achievement that a special day was mooted in celebration of Britishness. The idea was to tag this onto an existing commemorative day But no decision has been reached, as Trafalgar Day would offend the French, while VE Day would upset the Germans. So, too spoiled for choice, then. (laughs) During the the 18th century, Birmingham was the powerhouse of the Industrial Revolution, and a massive canal system was built. Barges were originally pulled by horses, but vessels were converted to steam power when it was found so many horses drowned. (laughs) The pioneering scientist Joseph Priestley came here in 1788 and after three years' work discovered oxygen, which came as great relief to the townsfolk, (laughs) who'd had to hold their breath up till then. Priestley also invented the fizzy soda drink by devising a method of forcing large quantities of carbon dioxide gas into water. He gave it to many friends who trumpeted his achievement around the city. (laughs) Among the famous names associated with Birmingham is the rock musician Ozzy Osbourne, who was born in nearby Aston. He's famous as the former lead singer and songwriter for the heavy metal band Black Sabbath. In 1979, Osborne left the band to embark on a highly successful solo career and now tours the world performing to sell out audiences. So, Ozzy, if you're listening, that's who you are. Let's meet the teams. They are on my left, Barry Cryodon Grand Garden. <laughs> and on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Andy Hamilton. <laughs> and a warm welcome, please, for a lovely lady who, if ever there's a dispute over the team's points, will always take them in hand. <laughs> Our delightful scorer, Samantha. <laughs> Okay, we we kick off with a round about classic chat-up lines and the likely turn-down responses they may elicit. One of Tim's surefire winning chat-up lines is, Who's your favourite goodie? (laughs) Luckily, he does a fine impression of Jade. (laughs) Okay, teams, I've brought along a selection of classic chat-up lines to which I'd like you to suggest possible replies of rejection. Barry, we'll start with you. Can you reply to this chat-up line? Where have you been all my life? Well, for most of it, I wasn't even born. 
Andy, how about this one? So, what do you do for a living? I'm an assassin. <laughs> And Graham, now, what time do you have to be back in heaven? The doctors give me three weeks. <laughs> Okay, Tim, another one, and one that's familiar for you to respond to. Haven't I seen you someplace before? Um, yes, I'm the receptionist at the VD clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, here's one for you. Your legs must be tired because you've been running through my mind all night. It was lovely, those wide open spaces. <laughs> Andy, here's one for you. You're so beautiful, I can't believe God didn't keep you for himself. Yes! <laughs> well, I am God's messenger. <laughs> Prepare to die, infidel. <laughs> And Graham, Graham, here's one for you. The name's Bond, James Bond. The name's Lost, Gert Lost. <laughs> Tim again. How about this one? Go on, don't be shy. Ask me out. All right, get out. <laughs> okay, here are some for any of you. You're so sweet, you're going to put sugar out of business. <laughs> yeah, that's why I lost on The Apprentice. Now piss off. <laughs> How about this? Those clothes would look great in a crumpled heap on my bedroom floor. So would you. <laughs> Do you think we were married in a past life? Oh, I hope so. I was Dr. Crippen. <laughs> Here's one. Can I buy you a drink? Oh, go on then. <laughs> And finally, is that a ladder in your stockings or is it the stairway to heaven? Yes, it, uh, it is the stairway to heaven, but I've already got an arse up there. <laughs> okay, the teams I are cleaned going... that up mid-sentence. <laughs> the teams are going to sing for us now in the game... In the game called One Song to the Tune of Another. This is the game in which the teams sing the words of one song to the tune of a different song. It's a bit like making a pot of tea. The hot water represents the tune in which are immersed the leaves or words. However, different leaves or words may be used, such as Earl Grey or English breakfast, <laughs> but with the same water or tune. Now, I know what you're thinking, teams. When you pour the tea from the spout, don't you find there's a persistent, annoying little drip? <laughs> At the piano, we have Colin Sell. Okay, we'll start with you, Barry. Would you sing the words of the Pink Panther theme to the tune of Unchained Melody? Think of all the animals you ever heard about, like rhinoceroses and tigers. There are lots of funny... in this world but have you ever seen a panther that is pink pink 
panther that is positively pink. Well, here he is, the pink panther, the pink panther. You know, Andy, would you sing the words of Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick? To the tune of the Toreador March. In the deserts of Sudan and the gardens of Japan, from Milan to Yucatan, every woman, every man, hit me with your rhythm stick, hit me, hit me. Hit me, hit me, hit me Hit me with your rhythm stick Hit me slowly Hit me, hit me, hit me In the wilds of Borneo And the vineyards of Bordeaux Eskimo, Arapaho Move their body too And hit me with your rhythm stick Can I just apologise to the front row who I showered with saliva at the end? Your turn, Tim. Would you please sing the words of the theme from Dastardly and Muttley to the tune of Over the Rainbow? Muttley, you snickering floppy eared hound When courage is needed, you're never around Those medals they wear on your moth-eaten chest Should be there for bungling at which you are best So stop that pigeon, 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 stop that pigeon. Stop that pigeon, how oh, nab him, jab him, tap him, grab him, stop that pigeon now. And finally, Graham, would you sing the words of sorry seems to be the hardest word to the tune of Oh I do like to be beside the seaside? <laughs> To make you love me What do I got to do To make you care What do I do When lightning strikes me And I wake to find That you are not there What have I got to do To make you want me What have I got to do To be heard What do I say When it's all over And sorry seems to be The hardest word The hardest word Hey! hey. Okay. <laughs> we move on now to the connections round in which the teams are presented with several unlikely items and have to try to connect them. So, for a simple example, if I were to ask what connects the Loch Ness Monster, the Abominable Snowman, Lord Lucan and Davina McCall, the answer is that the first three all appeared on Davina McCall's chat show. <laughs> Little wonder nobody's seen them. <laughs> 
Okay, I have a selection of various... I, I have a selection of various apparently disparate names or items which I'd like the teams to attempt to connect. Tim, can you connect these items? Pencil, walrus, Hitler, toothbrush, Mexican bandit. Yeah, um, Hitler invented the toothbrush made of walrus whiskers attached to a pencil, but the Mexicans banned it. (laughs) (laughs) The actual answer is they're all types of moustaches. Barry now, can you connect the following? Making compost, cleaning wool, hardening steel, tanning leather, washing your face. Activities in David Dickinson's bathroom. (laughs) You'll be delighted to know they're all uses for human urine. Are you taking... Sorry. Andy, what do you think connects the following? Sex, angry outbursts and tennis. They're all things the English aren't any good at. Apart from sex, obviously. No, Tim. (laughs) Don't try and exempt yourself. The answer is they're all responsible for 17% of all heart attacks. 17? That's only if you do them simultaneously, though. Graham, can you connect these? Bladder, click, furniture, boiled door. Um, I see there's a word missing from that list because they're all medical conditions. Uh, you've got bladder, click, um, <laughs> furniture, boil, <laughs> and door knob. <laughs> the answer is they're all types of beetle. <laughs> Finally, there are some for any of you to have a go at. Calling somebody by their first name, kissing in public, chewing gum, looking into someone else's kitchen, blowing your nose into a handkerchief, pointing your finger. Um, These are all banned under the new anti-terror legislation. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is they're all considered rude in Japan. My advice is don't go there. Here's another. Pope John Paul II, Sophie Dahl, Aaron Brew, Club 80 to 30. Eight, sorry. Is that 80 oh, to I was thinking of my own club. <laughs> and Club 18 to 30. No idea, but what a night that was. <laughs> The answer is all have been involved in some of the most complained about advertisements. Here's another. Putting garlic in your shoes, putting a frog in your mouth, eating chocolate, kissing a mouse, taking laxatives. Things that do not go down well at funerals. (laughs) The answer is they've all been suggested as cough cures. Pliny the Elder suggested the mouse kissing. I was dubious about the laxative cure, so I tried it myself. Take a strong one and you'll be afraid to cough too. Finally, toast, hair, traffic lights, bananas, and weasels. Toast, hair, traffic... Are these Jade Goody's attempts to answer the question, what has four legs and goes moo? (laughs) Yes.
our next round takes a look at the world of Lonely Hearts columns. We think of these as very much a 20th century invention, but in fact, they've been around since the dawn of history. Archaeologists have even discovered Lonely Hearts messages in cave paintings at Lascaux. A charging bison meant the suitor was strong-willed. A running antelope indicated a young athletic type. And a hyena in flames meant a non-smoker with a good sense of humor. <laughs> okay, teams, not all these ancient small ads have been recorded, so I'd like you to suggest what Lonely Hearts notices might have been posted by famous historical figures. Barry, would you care to start? Joan of Arc would like to meet firemen. <laughs> no faggots need apply. <laughs> As in wood. Yeah. Got the Pope. Reclusive, infallible prelate. Seeks albino assassin. To suppress truth about Jesus, sorry, no blacks or Jews. There's one from the, uh, the Old Testament, Lot. <coughs> Sodomite requires soulmate. Non-smoker, G-S-O-H. Must be willing to travel, no looking back. Fun-loving character, preferably salt of the earth. Himmler, Himmler, seek someone similar with... <laughs> With four testicles. Francis Bacon wishes to meet the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> I've got uh, Jane Austen. Jane Austen, accomplished lady novelist, seeks husband whose intelligence and character is of such substance that she might escape the tedium of evenings spent listening to the empty twitterings of her sisters and seek solace instead in the company of a companion whose love and constancy <laughs> she will never have cause to doubt. <laughs> Must have nice arse. Michelangelo wishes to meet woman interested in gazing at ceilings. <laughs> Narcissus uh, seeks... Uh, no, no, hang on a minute. No one else required. <laughs> Pablo Picasso seeks woman with one eye and ear on forehead. G-S-O-H or tin of sardines. <laughs> Mary Magdalene seeks saviour, view, matrimony and raising a family. Must be able to do miracles and keep a secret. No time wasters, please. Reply in code only. I've got one who's he's not really history, although he will be soon. Sven-Jorin Eriksson. Stylish Swede seeks woman. Must have pulse. Okay, the next round takes us back to the golden age of letter writing. Long before we adopted email, text and fax, many ingenious methods were devised in order to send messages. In North America, the native Indian tribes used to send messages via smoke signals from one valley to the next. Amongst the most common was, help, our wigwam's on fire. <laughs> 
Okay, each team will now take in turns to improvise the letters between two famous historical figures, taking one word each at a time. When one team has signed off, the next should begin the reply. Tim and Andy, I'd like you to start by composing a letter from Elizabeth I to... I had my thumb over this word. <laughs> Tim and Andy, I'd like you to start by composing a letter from Elizabeth I to William Shakespeare, and then Barry and Graham will come up with a reply, and so on. However, the challenge is that the letters must be constructed by each panelist alternating one word at a time. When I honk, it's the end of the correspondence. If you can wait that long. <laughs> Off you go. Off you go, Tim and Andy. Queen to Shakespeare, we're Queen, aren't we? Okay. Dear William, we notice that you are writing several plays <laughs> which are very rude. <laughs> We think that sometimes rudeness <laughs> is not very nice. <laughs> However, methinks <laughs> I should be decapitating <laughs> or torturing in the large prison which I have built especially for this occurrence. <laughs> Please inform us briefly <laughs> of your decision. Signed, Elizabeth, big it up, <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the reply, please, Barry and Graham. Dear Betty, <laughs> I am overwhelmed by your letter, and I would like to take this opportunity of writing this letter <laughs> back to you. My word. Isn't this weather bloody <laughs> awful? But we must keep going. Mustn't we? <laughs> Writing this play, I am involved in creating a world of... Fantasy and escape and <laughs> furthermore <laughs> of <laughs> delight <laughs> not as you might know a play <laughs> that I wrote previously which I consider very controversial because in that play I wrote a character called <laughs> Hamlet Ponce <laughs> of Denmark <laughs> and he was a indecisive and 
Yes, it's a mystery. <laughs> Although... <laughs> he often couldn't make up his mind. <laughs> Why, I ask myself. Well, I reply... <laughs> And hoping this finds you as it leaves me. <laughs> Yours, Will Shakespeare. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's very nearly the end of the show, but it's just time to fit in a round of Coles and Flu songbook. In fact, our own Samantha is suffering with a heavy cold and so is off early to meet her new gentleman friend who's coming round with some medication. She says she's looking forward to rubbing a large portion of Vic on her chest. <laughs> so while she's away doing that, I'll ask the teams to suggest song titles likely to appeal to an audience suffering from colds or flu. Graham, will you start, please? My lover's like a red, red nose. <laughs> Andy. She wore an itsy-bitsy, teensy-weensy, yellow polka-dot bikini. So she bought it on herself, really. <laughs> Very. Guitar man. <laughs> this, this has to be sung by a man. I will survive. <laughs> <laughs> Put your lemsip a little closer to the phone. <laughs> Super chilly, fragile, gastric, must be Ali Tolton. Green sleeves. Closely allied to Colonel Bogey. <laughs> Eternal phlegm. <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of mucus. Let's face the mucus and dance. <laughs> Thank you for the mucus. It's Sneeze up, Mother Brown. <laughs> it's not unusual. While my Qatar gently weeps. I'm a pink toothbrush, you're a ticklish cough. <laughs> I've got one for avian flu. When the red, red robin <laughs> comes bob, bob, bobbing along, shoot it! And so, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> as the Humpty Dumpty of time falls off the wall of fate and the wall owner of destiny is served the personal injuries claim of doom, <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So, from the team, Samantha, myself and the fine folk of Birmingham, it's goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Andy Hamilton and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sowell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and the producer was John Naismith. And Humphrey and the teams will be back at the same time next week.